Welcome to Talking Giants, and welcome to Draft Day 2021. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Penick. Justin, it's Draft Day, man. Um, there is nothing quite like you know the first day of the season for the NFL, but this is a close second for me, man. This really is a close second. There is so much buildup. There is so much work put into it, and this is the future of our team. This is our the future of our team hinges on Draft Day. On these next three days, on this weekend, this next weekend can make us a Super Bowl champion in the next three years, or it can set us back in the next few years. It's the it's the most important day for NFL fans. How are you? Yeah, it's or you know, it's not it's not just arguably. It is the best way to improve your football team long term. Um, and honestly, Bobby, we're we're looking at this year. We said this post free agency. And, you know, it's it's tough to maybe put this expectations on the Giants, especially on the Giants 2021 draft class. Like, as we say this, it's tough to put this expectation on them, like associated with them. We're expecting to win the NFC East this year. There, There's no reason why the New York football Giants cannot win the NFC East in 2021. And I'm sure Dallas is saying the same thing. Washington is saying the same, same thing. So that's why it's tough. But realistically, for what the Giants did in free agency to set themselves up in this spot, there is no reason why we cannot win the, the NFC East in 2021, and this draft class, you know, I, I'm expecting at least the first two, three picks of this draft class because odds are we're going to be acknowledging positions of need. You know, you kind of do draft for need a little bit. I'm expecting these guys to come in and kind of c- come in here and contribute day one. I want to see it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, Justin, while you get your mic to not sound weird, I'm going to tell you who brought you this episode. This episode was brought to you by Joshua Rovette, Corvette Rovette. Desmond, no name Desmond. I've I've been to the I've been through the desert on a Desmond with no name. Vincent Sabia, Sabia, Fabio, Vincent, Gary Stinson. He sounds like he just kind of like works in the automobile in- industry. Gary Stinson, Joe Barton, my old roommate. Um, last name is Barton. How about that? Maybe there's some familiarity. He kind of hates the Giants because we were roommates. But anyways, Carlos from Philly. Carlos from Philly has been a day. One supporter. I remember doing Daniel Jones draft stuff, and Carlos from Philly was right there. Like he, he was even like you know, it wasn't just like a supporter. He would he would challenge me on stuff. So I like Carlos from Philly and Martin Gendron. Justin, who are these sixty minute men? Oh boy, these sixty minute men. I'm not a sixty minute man because my microphone was screwed up to start the show. Apparently, does it sound better, Bobby Skinner? Yes, it does sound better. So now you're going to be like a 57-minute man. Yeah, it's tough. You want to know who has what it takes, Bobby Skinner? Those people that went to Patreon. Doc- you know who else? Philip Beals. He just, he, I just got an email saying he joined the Patreon. So who are who is this boogie eater, Philip Beals? 
they're these geeks they went to patreon.com slash talking giants and it's going to be that you know that uh being a patreon member is going to be really important because we're going to be live streaming at like uh what like 2 a.m 1 a.m um friday morning yes sir (laughs) post uh post round one to react to whatever the giants do if the giants want to get nuts and they want to trade back into round one or if they just take whoever they take at 11 um you want to be there and we're going to stream it and we're going to react to it and if you're going to be up and if you're going to be going crazy like we are um then join us patreon.com slash talking giants and you get some other cool perks too justin how are you feeling going into this because you know, last year the the betting odds were at this point where Jedrick Wills minus one. Like Andrew Thomas was the fourth most likely, but earlier this week we got a lot of cornerback chatter, um, and then Quiddy Pay like got became like the second highest betting odds. How are you feeling going into this? Because I I feel pretty confident. Like you know, I like Quiddy Pay more than most people. So even if they did draft him, I wouldn't be mad, and, and we'll talk about it. But like I feel really confident that they really can't screw this up. You know, and unless they take a quarterback or running back, a defensive tackle or a safety, they really can't screw this up unless they just pick a guy who busts out. Like that's the, I feel like that's the only way they screw this up because last year it was very clear. It's like, we need to pick an offensive tackle. Like we need to one. This is, I look at that class as one of the best, you know, one of the best offensive tackle classes of this century paired with a huge need at that spot where it was like you know what, I would like Isaiah Simmons, but I'm going to be pretty damn disappointed if we don't get an offensive tackle. This year, we are really kind of wide deep and wide open, even though we're kind. Of, the fans are narrowed down to offensive line, wide receiver, and then Micah Parsons. Yeah, so <clears throat> I'm trying to not get too overwhelmed with the options. Um, is even in years past, we would get overwhelmed with the options. And even the reactions to the picks. Like, you know, I had a, I had quite an interesting reaction to 2018 Saquon Barkley. And then every, everybody had a reaction in 2019 to Daniel Jones. So I'm trying to not get too like overwhelmed with, Oh, if we're going to get a name that we don't like, you know, am I going to freak out? Am I going to do whatever? I, I don't, I'm, I'm not trying to get overwhelmed, but I'm also so locked in right now with, you know, not to get into like our, our pump up draft speech yet, but I'm, I'm so locked into this idea that this offense has been the thing that, you know, really, and it's an offensive league. The offense has been one of the reasons why the team has been like just behind, behind in years past, right? You know, this is even when the defense has not been up to par, you know, having Eli Manning towards the latter years, a quarterback and, you know, moving on from Pat Shermer and, you know, going to Joe judge, having Jason Garrett here, you know, the offense has been one of the main reasons why they've been behind and last year, most notably Bobby, you know, here are just some stats to remember on the offensive side of the ball. Six lowest rate of pass plays of 15 plus air yards. You know, and Daniel Jones was also one of the most efficient deep ball passers in the National Football League. Jones, Daniel Jones, 11 sacks in under two and a half seconds. That was tied for first in the National Football League with Carson Wentz. So that would basically back up like, oh, we need an offensive lineman. Third lowest rate of pass plays of 15 plus yards. Third least amount of total offensive plays run. So this offense couldn't block. And I would say more importantly, this offense is not was not an explosive play offense. And what you need an offense to be in today's NFL, you need it to be explosive. It doesn't have to be the most explosive, but you need it to be somewhat explosive and somewhat above average in that regard. And that is the one area where the Giants really need. And that's where my brain is at right now. Um, thoughts? I agree, man. I agree. But Here's the thing, and I, you got some. I wanted to hear your defensive stats because that's gonna like kind of click me into what I want to talk about with 
how we react to the draft and how we're kind of reacting pre-draft as like rumors we're hearing. Yeah, so where where my brain is at with defense and, you know, today I was actually nice how I kind of got back into the analytics side of things. So Giants defense in 2020, they utilized cover three zone at the second highest rate in the National Football League at 37%. Now, remember, heading into this year in, 20, in 2019, Patrick Graham was very much like single high safety, man coverage, and that's what we thought that he was going to do. And that's what we thought that he was going to be. And then he did a total 180. And it's like, okay, we're just going to run cover three and zone and zone defense a ton, which really threw us off, but it worked. It shows that he's a guy that can adapt and adjust, unlike Jason Garrett. 19th in blitz rate. But still, even though they were below average in their blitz rate, they were 10th in their pressure rate. But the probably the worst thing about this Giants defense in 2020 is that they averaged three minutes per drive. And that was the third most in the National Football League. They had a hard time getting off the field. So, if they're going to be looking at any any way in this draft, I think the goal for the Giants defense in this draft, goal for the Giants offense is to get more explosive. Goal for the Giants defense is how can we be more aggressive so maybe we can play more man coverage on the back end so then we can get off the field on third down and not be on the field for so long. Those are the two goals for offense and defense in this draft, I feel. And so me and you are both like go offense. You know, we're going to talk about our mock drafts, but we, me and you are, are pretty clear in like, hey, Wide receiver or offensive lineman gets the most positive reaction out of us. You know, we've we've done our homework. We've we've prepped for this a ton. You know, we have we have our opinions and we and we do believe in them strongly. But you mentioned that defensive stuff, man, and that defense could use some help. I know it was good last year, but like you said, they they were they were a bend don't break, and that doesn't always translate year to year. And Patrick Graham does want to play more man. He does want to blitz more, but he knew he couldn't. So that he turned his defense into a bend, don't break. And they did a damn good job of it, you know? So it's not complaining, but it's like, it's the reality. But that defense could go to a, uh, another level. One, if they added an edge that comes in and really can rush the passer, especially on third down. Or, you know what? You get a corner, say say JC, JC Horn. And it's like, we got a JC Horn, a Dory Jackson, James Bradbury on the field on third down. We're going to rush. We're going to blitz five. We're going to blitz six. And we're going to let those dudes play man. And that's where I don't want them to do that. I would actually, I would prefer an edge like Quiddy Pay or Jalen Phillips over a corner like J.C. Horn or or Patrick Sertain. But, and this is just me in general, I'm not going to be outraged. Again, unless they take a quarterback, a running back, a defensive tackle, or a safety, I'm not going to be outraged. Those are the, you know, those are the positions that would get me outraged. And also, Wolves, you don't want to reach. You don't want to reach. You know what? As much as we take this seriously, you know, it's like I only watch like three to, you know, three to max four or five games on these players, you know, where these teams watch a ton. And these guys who do the draft stuff, as much work as they do, they're not doing as much work as the NFL teams are. So if they identify somebody that they like, just because Todd McShay and Mel Kuyper and Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks didn't have them, at the top of her board doesn't necessarily mean it's a reach. Like I can see people, a team being like, Quiddy Pay is not a reach at 11. Jalen Phillips is not a reach at 11. Um, and I just want to like go through the list. We always look back at the draft and are like, damn, look how bad we screwed that up. 2012, Justin Blackman was drafted fifth overall. Um, Alshon Jeffrey, 45th. T.Y. Hilton, 92nd. Justin Blackman, was, was he considered a reach? No. But T.Y. Hilton, who was drafted 92nd, was the best wide receiver in that class. Alshon Jeffrey, drafted 45th, the best in that class. 2013, Deion Jordan, edge, third overall. Guys, the real deal. Jamie Collins was drafted 52nd overall in that class. 
Tyler Eifert in that class, 21st. Travis Kelsey, 63rd. So literally three times the picks after that. The first round tight end wasn't worth it. And the third round tight end, if you were to redraft, would go in the top 10 of the freaking draft. Tavon Austin went 8th. DeAndre Hopkins went 27th. You know? So it can be like, you know, like I, I got a lot of heat because it's like I, I like DeAndre Brown 4th. But it's like, you know what? Who's to say I'm wrong on that? Like we're, we're going to look back and be wrong about a handful of stuff. Uh, in 2014, Sammy Watkins wins fourth overall. Sammy Watkins was looked at as one of the best wide receiver prospects. He was exciting. He was flashy. All right, career. Allen Robinson went 61st. 61st. And and has excelled with batter quarterback play his entire career. Clowney went first in that class. De- Demarcus Lawrence went 34th. He's a better player than Javion Clowney. Even when Clowney's healthy, Tank Lawrence is better than him. 2015, Dante Fowler went third. Bud Dupree, 22nd. Preston Smith, 38th. You would have said Bud Dupree or Preston Smith would have been a reach. But you know what? If those guys went in the top 10, those teams would have looked back and been like, you know what? We did a pretty damn good job. Frank Clark went 63rd. 2016, how about this, Giants fans? Eli Apple went 10th. You know who went 62nd? James Bradbury, a top three cornerback in the NFL. Eli Apple can't even make, you know, third string on a team these days. 2017, Solomon Thomas, third. TJ Watt, the best defensive player in the NFL, maybe, right now, went 30th overall. He's like, took in second um, and, and defensive player of the year the past couple of years. 2019, we remember that one. The Giants were called racist for, for picking Daniel Jones over Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne Haskins' own team didn't even want him after the after a f- after a couple months. So, listen, we uh, have your opinions. Be strong in them. But I, the Giants can't outrage me unless we freaking pick a quarterback, running back, defensive tackle, or safety. So, um, it's fun. Let's react. Now, on the other end, if they pick the guy I want, I'm going to act like they're the smartest people in the world. That's how yep. it works. But it, it's it's fun. I think we should enjoy this process and. Especially with the success they had in 2020, I, I got a little more trust in them than than I have before. Yeah, and that's that's fair. Um, but I also think it's fair, like if they take an edge, right? If they take an edge, you know, I I think it's fair to be not as excited. So while it's, I agree, you know, it, I won't be. I will be yeah. kind of in a. I won't be. I'll be a little disappointed if they don't. If there's an, one of those, if there's one of those offensive linemen, a wide receiver, or even Parsons there, and they go edge. Yeah, um, which. Time will tell, and I and I really think I think Chase Young and the Bosa's of the world, in, in a way, you know, not to just keep on talking about edge, 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 because I really do think they're going to go offense. I, I I really do. Um, I think everything that they did in free agency, and especially going out and getting a Dory Jackson when they didn't really need a Dory Jackson, when that wasn't really a need, getting them that that kind of like cemented, um, at least the back at the back end and the coverage the coverage part of their defense. But um, what was my point? Well, it's like if they go edge, even if like yeah. you you may not like that guy, that guy probably walks in as our best player at that position yes. by a wide margin. Like, you can make an argument that if they take the best player, the edge, who ends up being the best edge in this draft, that improves our team the most for 2020. Now, you don't, or 2021, you don't draft for one year, so I understand that. But that I think that's a fair argument, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, rookie offensive linemen struggle, you know? Wide Rookie receivers, corners. like we kind of we kind of like the trio of guys we have when they're healthy. Now, I would love to draft another guy to that group, but it's like we kind of like that trio. We like having John Ross as a backup and seeing what Dante Pettis turns into. Yeah, exciting stuff, Bobby. 
exciting stuff. Uh, my my cliche saying is, you know, during free agency, during the the draft, is uh, by the time we open our eyes on Friday morning, the New York Football Giants are going to be a better football team, and I take great solace in, in knowing that. Hopefully, hopefully they're the be- a better football team with the guys we like, though, because we're about yes. to do our mock draft. Um, and you know what? Last year I picked Andrew Thomas, and people were like, "Bob, you were right." I was like, "No, I wasn't right." Um, we're gonna do our mock drafts. We're not picking what we think. We're picking what we want. Like this is this is like this is what we want. We are not predicting. You know, like th- nope. this is this is about us and our opinions, not like trying to get it correct. But I hope I am right. I hope I am right. Now it's it's going to be a little more hard to predict because we're at eleventh and not fourth overall. When we knew the first two picks of of twenty twenty, we don't we don't know how it's going to fall. Um, and look, the the Broncos. I was kind of banking on them being a QB team. They just traded for Teddy Bridgewater. Poor Pat Shermer, man. That man finally got the QB he wanted. Did well with them, and then got fired. And now he's stuck with Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke. I feel bad for my guy Pat. And it's ironic that. Uh... Teams keep trading for Teddy Bridgewater when he's a check down Charlie. Teams that Joe Brady does isn't he uh, isn't he a guy that likes to stretch the field? He at least he did it in LSU. Um, didn't really do it so much in tw- in 2020 because of Teddy Bridgewater. Now uh, Pat Shermer was given Teddy Bridgewater, who has a notorious reputation for being check down Charlie. When all Drew Locke did last year was just toss the ball down the field. So uh, to- I, I, poor Teddy Bridgewater keeps on like, going to systems where he doesn't fit. I like Pat Shermer, but him and Drew Locke was a, a match from hell. Because it was like, oh, you want to go deep? I'll go deep every time, coach. Like they, like, his like average depth of target was like in. I, I might have set records. Drew Locke's yeah. average depth of target. Uh, <laughs> like I remember looking at those stats, and it's like, man, I'm kind of pissed that Daniel Jones is this low. But look at what what's going on in Denver right now. Um, <laughs> Daniel Jones was Pat Shermer's best QB. Look it up. People say what, and then look it up. He's the best QB he's ever called plays for. Hopefully right. they go corner. Hopefully Broncos go corner. Another team that goes corner. Yes, go corner. Go corner, Denver. All right, Justin, it's time for our 2021 mock drafts. Last year you went Jedrick Wills. I went Andrew Thomas. We both went Antoine Winfield in the second round, and then so on, so on. So right now we're at, we have the 11th overall pick. So we kind of put together our board so we can you know make it fair. We went QBs with the first four. Uh, Pitts, Chase, um, Sewell was gone. So that's seven, and I think we went like a. Anyways, we kind of we we made it to where we can talk about the guy that we realistically hope. Like I want Sewell to fall, but I don't think it's a realistic hope. So Justin, I'm kicking off my mock draft. First uh, round pick, eleventh overall, Rayshon Slater. I've been on this train ever. As soon as they signed Kenny Galladay, my pick went from one of the Bama wide receivers to Rayshon Slater. Um. I think he's a little bit of a cleaner like uh, prospect than Penny Sewell right now as far as pass protection. Pass protection. Um, you know, we all know the notorious hit matchup with him and Chase Young. And we could have two Chase Young stoppers at tackles with Andrew Thomas and Sean Slater. Um, how about that? Obviously opted out of 2020. Now, there has been a big debate of can Sean Slater to play guard because he hasn't played guard, you know, where, you know, Duke May... Now, Duke Mayweather... He's his trainer. He wants him to play tackle, and I get that. I, and I and I think Duke's point is just overall, just like stop trying to switch good tackles to guard. But yeah. my view with this, Justin, last year when the Giants took Andrew Thomas, I was very clear. He needs to play left tackle. I mean, we were like getting into like like battles with people. Like he needs to play left tackle. Do not waste this rookie year of him 
easing in at right tackle. Let him play left tackle. He's going to be better than Nate Solder from day one. He was, let's be real. Um, and let him let him learn through those struggles and not have to worry about switching positions in year two. This year, because I like Matt Parrott more than I like the prospects of Lemieux and Hernandez, I hope he plays guard. I hope he plays guard. But if Parrott's not ready, then he plays tackle. So I, I am very open to like, hey, Coach Judge and, and, and staff, figure this one out. But I do believe the Giants struggled on the offensive line. They added Galladay. I think that makes Slater so much better, or Slayton so much better. Shep's going to be good in the slot. You got some decent depth there with Ross and, and Pettis. I believe in protecting Daniel Jones. Protect Daniel Jones. You got two pieces you are confident on the offensive line right now, and Nick Gates and Andrew Thomas. Two pieces. You can't expect all three of those other dudes to make a jump forward. Get Ray Sean Slater. Bobby, if the Giants do it, and if they follow that route, I'm extremely, extremely excited. And there's a couple players. I'm extremely excited with Devonta Smith. I'm extremely excited with um, with Rashawn Slater. And I'm extremely excited with the guy that I selected 11th overall in my mock draft, and that is Alabama wide receiver Jalen Waddell. This is one of He's those... scumbag. This is... I, I, I know you're probably listening to this be like, Justin, you were yelling and hooting and hollering and screaming about the offensive line just like Bobby was. First of all, I think it's good radio if people disagree. Second of all, I genuinely did have a change of I change, change of heart. I will say a little bit of last year, me taking Jedrick Wolves and Bobby taking Andrew Thomas, I wanted that to be different. And I was saying, oh, technique, technique, technique. I really did like Andrew Thomas. But this, this is genuinely like a, a difference and a change of heart that I had. And here's why. You know, looking at the wide receiver again and doing our wide receiver draft preview – um, and just watching Waddle again and then thinking about this Giants offense. And yes, there is such a question mark about if Waddle can fit. That scares me. That really does scare me. That it will Jason Garrett and will this Giants team, will will they adjust enough to fit Jalen Waddle? But Bobby, if we have Kenny Galladay on one side and Jalen Waddle on the other, my theory, my theory is the Giants will have to adjust the way that they play call. They will have to adjust their vertical concepts where they will have no choice but to throw the ball deep more, and that will force defenses to not blitz us as much. Because along one of the stats that I didn't say earlier, or I, I mentioned how Daniel Jones was the highest blitz quarterback in the one of the highest blitz quarterbacks in the National Football League last year, and that was a detriment to the offensive line's development, especially when you have a young offensive line. I think teams want to take advantage of all that. Uh, an offense that doesn't throw the ball deep. Um, a young quarterback, a young offensive line. Just let's it was a <laughs> it was a disaster. So let's just take advantage of it and let's just blitz, 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 blitz. Jalen Waddle, selecting him, adding him to this offense, you know, another year of experience for Daniel Jones, getting Saquon Barkley back, adding Kenny Galladay, who was one of the best contested uh deep ball catchers in the National Football League, and adding him, such a difference maker like that, I think that that does more for the offensive line more than anything besides selecting an offensive lineman in round one. I hate you. You want to know why? Because I'm freaking... I am jealous. I am jealous. I want to say Jalen Waddle. I want to pick a wide receiver. Like, you know how much more fun it is to talk about Kenny Galladay and Jalen Waddle than it is Rashawn Slater and Andrew Thomas? It is so much more fun. And everything you saying said is true. Like, you have Kenny Galladay and Jalen Waddle on opposite sides. Like, please blitz us. I dare you. Yeah. Please, for the love of God. Play man coverage and blitz us. Double team Jalen Waddle. We'll throw a jump ball to Kenny Galladay. Double team uh, Kenny Galladay and we'll throw a slant to Jalen Waddle and he'll take it to the house. So, wide receiver is 1B for me. 
you know, like it is like last year it was offensive tackle and Isaiah Simmons was a clear number two. Wide receiver is a 1B for me because it really does help this offense. It is so much more fun. But, again, I do have some belief in Slayton. And I believe in Slater. I got to I gotta protect my quarterback. I got to protect my quarterback. Um, so, I, I am staying with Slater. But I am jealous of you. Like, I, I am jealous of you because I... Like I'm mad that I get I don't get to be the one that has fun picking the wide receiver. I'm sorry, and I think they are going to pick a wide receiver. By the way, too. I think it's if Jalen Waddle is there, I I I trust Jordan Ronan. By the way, and I'm and I'm you know, getting this from Jordan Ronan. A lot of other beat reporters are saying corner, 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 edge, 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 whatever, whatever. People are getting nervous that the odds on Quiddy Pay is suddenly going up. I genuinely think that if Jalen Waddle is there, they're going to pick him. I genuinely do. What about, I think it's Devontae Smith, though. Devonta Smith would be the safe player there. And we talked about this during our preview. I think Devonta Smith is, is an extremely safe player, but that doesn't mean that he's bad. Like, me saying safe does not mean that he's bad. But he is a safer pick. He is a safer prospect just because he's more well-rounded. He has a lot more reps under his belt. But Jalen Waddle is the more exciting player. And everything that the Giants have done this offseason, especially their big moves and big opportunities, it's been fun splashy and exciting so why not continue it all right justin i am for my second round pick 42 overall we didn't talk about this guy on his positions episode he was a late find for me um in fact he was my last breakdown another opt-out but i the pac-12 really screwed up their season so like their opt-outs don't even count as opt-outs edge out of washington joe tryon six foot five 259 pounds i do have him as my third best edge after Quiddy Pay and Jalen Phillips, but I don't like if they went first round. I did that whole "don't get outraged" speech. I might get a little outraged if they went like Joe Tryon or Greg Rousseau um, at eleven. But if at forty-two, I really want Joe Tryon. In two thousand nineteen, he had uh, forty-one tackles, eight sacks, twelve and a half tackles for loss. So not amazing production, but it was like I was watching them. It's like man, they're like rushing three, and they have him playing on the inside. But he is a perfect scheme fit, and I don't think I mean, I'm not sacrificing like value for just scheme you know like if you took Aziz Ojulari I think you'd be uh, you'd be sacrificing value for scheme at 11 um because he does he does have some coverage ability they don't do it a ton but when he does he, he looks fine at it that perfect size for that 34 outside linebacker sets the like and he's just he is versatile and he's good at everything he set he doesn't like you're not going to sacrifice anything in the run game with him he sets that edge and he sets it naturally and I think he's got real good pass rush moves his hands are so active. They never stop. And that's what I look for a guy in the edge is somebody like that. His lateral agility is really good. He can take on, like, he'll take on a double team and free up a linebacker, which I do think really does matter to Joe Judge and Patrick Graham and what they're looking for. Um, and he's a mo- his motor is just go, 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 go. He never stops. He is my edge three. And so I, I have an edge. Who I was deciding between here was... Joseph Asai, who is a guy I like edge, uh, as an edge player, um, but I do like Tryon better than him. And Deami Brown. I really wanted to go Deami. Um, you know, I, I love him more than most. He is my wide receiver four. But the edge, Joe Tryon's immediately our best player to position. Deami Brown has to come in and, and fight for reps with, with Slayton off rip. So I, I, I did go with, uh, with him here. Landon Dickerson was here too. Which kind of made me like, oh, I wish I would have went wide receiver. But it's like, you know what? I'm, I feel good about myself. Yeah.
Um, I also think that you know a lot of the a lot of the mock, we can't control simulations, but a lot of a lot of the mock drafts, and we're using the the draft network. By the way, we both use the draft network. They they all have Landon Dickerson falling to the second round. Like almost you do it every single time. It, it, they're gonna have they're gonna have him falling. I don't think he's gonna fall. I mean, I would love for him to. Um, don't think he's going to. Bobby, round two. I took uh, Joseph Asai. Uh, I also oh, took an edge rusher. I thought you were gonna go Dickerson. How about that? No, no. No, um, which is risky when we're talking about the interior offensive line and, you know, hypocrite Justin saying, uh, oh, well, y- you can just get a guard later. And I hated that phrase. Well, guess what? Justin's going to pull. You You're a still- scumbag. You really are. I'm going to pull the whole. You can just get a guard later. Um, and he's technically not even a guard, but we'll get to that in round three. Round two, Joseph Asai. I mean, Bobby, similar um Similar to to try on. I mean, he, he motor, 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 motor. The guy just has it revved up to 100% all the time. And the thing that's exciting about Joseph Asai, he only has one full experience, one full season of experience at edge rusher. So he had his his uh, his 2019 season. He spent that as like this off ball interior linebacker. I mean, he collected 90 tackles, 13 and a half tackles for loss, and five sacks this year in nine games. He had five and a half sacks. 15 and a half tackles for loss and 55 tackles. So more or less, that's what your edge numbers would be. But in four less games, he probably would have added on maybe a couple more sacks to that total. Um, you know, maybe he's, he's, I don't want to say that he's raw, you know, but he's not your typical speed edge rusher. He doesn't have maybe like a lot of moves, but because of his versatility, you know, he can, he can be that off ball linebacker. He does have experience playing back in that regard, maybe back in coverage. They switched him to edge rusher. Cause I think the, I think he's just a stronger as an edge rusher. His, his skill set fits better as an edge. Um, you know, some other guys that were on the board for me, you know, Peyton Turner was there. He's a, like a defensive end slash edge from Houston. Um, uh, Carlos Basham Jr., Rondale Moore, Baron Browning, Creed Humphrey, Ronnie Perkins was there. Bobby, I know you like Ronnie Perkins. Mm-hmm. Um, Ronnie Perkins, you probably definitely have Ronnie Perkins higher on your board in terms of edge rushers than Joseph Osai. Is that true? I've no, I actually have Osai higher. I, oh, I do. Oh. I like I like Osai a lot. Yeah, but Wyatt it's a Davis. it's a nice cluster of guys there that are very close though. It's like splitting hairs. Yeah, Wyatt Davis was there, Maury Rogers, um, and Javon Holland, some other significant guys were 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 there on the board too. And I went Joseph Asai because the versatility, motors high, and I think this is a guy that this defensive room, Patrick Graham, Coach Chaos, all these guys that they can develop he can develop um into a pretty solid edge rusher that the Giants are looking for. Maybe not a flashy guy, maybe not a guy that's always gonna put up a ton of stats, um, but a guy that the Giants like, and I could see them falling in love with him. I like it. I like it. And he he uh you know what? If I didn't look at Joe Tryon last second and learn about, you know, break down his film, I might have lent Joseph Asai here, um, but I didn't. So, third round pick seventy six. Now this year, our third round pick is pick seventy six. Last year was ninety nine. That's a, a twenty three picks is is a very big difference. Yeah. Um. So I, I'm looking for someone who's gonna play. Doesn't have to play right away, but he's he's going to play. And I was looking at wide receivers. I was looking at all the positions. And my top 10 wide receivers are off the board, Justin. My top 10 wide receivers are off the board. Now, it's a very deep class at wide receiver, so I like 11. Chaz Surratt was off the board. Everyone knows my you know, my love affair with Chaz Surratt, maybe my favorite just player in the draft. Um, Aaron Banks and Ben Cleveland were there, but I did go offensive line early, and it's like we're going to have like three projects, you know, you know, and and one of those guys and, and, and Lemieux Hernandez. I went Western Michigan wide receiver Dwayne Eskridge. Now, he's going to play the slot. He's going to play the slot. So, my first wide receiver is more of a replacement for Sterling Shepard, who could be gone after this year. You know, Shepard's our longest-tenured 
um, giant. His contract, you know, he's it's it's already been kicked in and started when his extension. So Eskridge is going to play that slot at five foot nine hundred ninety pounds. We talked about him on Monday with the wide receiver episode, so I won't go too crazy into him. But he's a big play machine. He is so fast. But they didn't give him the real route tree, so he can work on his route running. But he he was a beast at the Senior Bowl. He was a standout player there. Um, a little older, but he's played between positions. He's had a weird career. But he's going to come out and be fast, fast, fast out of that slot position. Um, and, you know, you gave your whole spiel about playing man coverage and stuff. Dwayne Eskers makes you think. More than Sterling Shepard does. You know? Like, Sterling Shepard is going to be a good slot receiver for us. But Dwayne Eskridge wor- worries you more than Sterling Shepard does. Right on. Right on. You got your wide receiver, especially in a, in a draft, which, you know, we, we said the same thing last year about last year's draft. Um, r- rich with wide receivers. Um, more rich with wide receivers, arguably, than interior offensive linemen. You got your first one. All right, round three. My round three selection is Josh Myers, interior offensive lineman from Ohio State. Now, here's the, here's the funny part about this pick. Um, Tommy Tremble. Went on my on my mock draft. Tommy Tremble went right before, and he went to the Dallas Cowboys. I love that pick for them. He was probably going to be a guy that I was going to highly consider at this spot. But some other guys on the board were Brevin Jordan. Um, another guy on the board was Pete w- w- Werner from Ohio State. Chas Surratt was on the board, Bobby. Um, and all of the offensive linemen, all of the interior offensive linemen that we that we kind of like. You know, this includes. Um, Creed Humphrey, uh, not Creed Humphrey, excuse me. This includes uh, Ben Cleveland, Trey Smith, Deontay Brown, Aaron Banks. All those guys were on the board. I chose Josh Myers over him, and it's because I I like Josh Myers a lot better. I I enjoyed watching him. I think Aaron Banks and Trey Smith. I think you know those are, those would be the other two guys that I would be completely fine with taking in this hypothetical situation. I would love them because you want to know what they're guards. You plug him in and, you, and right away in their guards. Josh Myers has a lot of experience under center. And frankly, why I like Josh Myers better than Trey Smith and Aaron Banks is those guys were pretty methodical, especially Aaron Banks, very methodical in his movements. Trey Smith has a lot, has a lot of upper body strength, but Josh Myers plays fast. And I think he's a smart football player who does very well moving up to the secondary level. He is a center. He is a center, and he called out those. Uh, he called out those protections at Ohio State. Has a lot of experience uh, at center, so we create kind of like a good problem where I know you don't want to necessarily move Nick Gates away from away from center, but also this does allow if the organization really does believe in Will Hernandez and Shane Lemieux, it allows them to compete this year, get better, and if the Giants don't sign Will Hernandez to an extension at the end of this year, Josh Myers can be ready to to start possibly at guard if he develops well, or at center if they feel like they can move Nick Gates to guard post-2021. I want to kill you for passing on Aaron Banks and Trey Smith for Josh Myers, and I then just, also moving Nick Gates to guard. I, I'm, now, I didn't say it guaranteed it. You know, Josh Myers, could he could develop this year, and they could view him as a guard. You know, if he, I view he him needs, as like a center guy. I know, I do too, and we said it during our interior offensive lineman episode, but I like him. You know, I, I like him a lot better than those guys. I enjoyed watching him more, um, and I'm not a scout. So there you go. Scout, you're a, are you an NFL draft analyst or a former NFL draft analyst? I'm a booger eater. You should, you should change your name to Scout Justin. Um, all right, so fourth round, pick 116. Last year, we had the 110th pick here, and we got a nice starter last year out of Darnay Holmes. Um, and guess what, Justin, I'm getting another person who's going to come in and he's going to compete for starting reps. Um, because I actually like him more than a guy I liked last year who started at the position. And it's yet again, Justin, we are hitting up 
the dogs. We are hitting up the Georgia Bulldogs again. Monty Rice, linebacker out of Georgia. I think he comes in, competes with Reggie Ragland and Tay Crowder right away. And again, we have another fast Georgia linebacker with instincts. Um, the really the knock on him is he's short. He's six foot, but he's not skinny. He's six foot, two hundred forty pounds. You know, so it's like you know, you see, it's like oh, there's some like, you know, even like my guy Chad Surratt. He's six foot one, like two hundred twenty five pounds. He's a smaller linebacker. So Rice is short, but he is thick. I'd rather I'd rather have that than tall and skinny, to be real. Um, naturally quick, he can sit, 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 pounce. He just plays that linebacker position beautifully. I, I, he's another player I did a film breakdown on, and was just like this. I am, I fall in love with linebacker play a little easier than other positions. But Monty Rice is one of those guys I do, and I, I think he's extremely underrated. Like if we're going through my whole draft class, Mont, Monty's the guy that I think is just like he's totally underrated. Like like. The fact that he's going to go later, it's crazy to me. Like, I, I view him right up there with, like, the top five as far as, like, ins- like my inside. Well, not top five. My linebackers is Parsons, JOK, Zavin, Chats, Bolton, and then Monty Rice, six. So, top six. Bobby, um, I think the, our, we had one pick that was the same in our mock draft last year, and that was Antoine Winfield's second round. Yep. And in my fourth round selection is also going to be Monty Rice. Hey, rice and beans. Well, I want I want to ask you a question. Who was the one that told you about Monty Rice? Who really liked him? You you just lit like give me names. I'm like okay, let me watch him. And I watched I watched the, who watched Monty Rice first, me or you? I I told you about him. Yeah, but did you watch him? Yes, I did. Why, I, why would I write down a name as a guy that I'm interested in if I didn't watch him? To. And then, and then, guess what? You to took him me. from me. You took him from me on the podcast, and you I did know. a film breakdown on him. Well, if I do a film breakdown on a guy, I got to talk about him. I um, know, I know, I know, I know. Um, the so another guy that I was really considering here that I'd be very okay with, um, friend of the program, Dalen Hayes. Dalen, now that could be a little bit of a reach. Um, Dalen Hayes in round four, but if I really want to double down on edge, I would feel solid about that too. Um, uh, but yeah, Monty Rice for all the reasons that Bobby said. Bobby, I'm gonna be honest. Um, Monty Rice in round four. I almost feel like I'm getting the second best player out of the four players that I selected. Monty Rice is the second best player out of my draft pick so far. That's a hot take over Osai, really. Yeah. I mean, because Osai, I'm drafting Osai because I feel like he can develop into more of a pure edge rusher rather than, you know, one year where, I mean, by the way, Osai had crazy production at Texas. Crazy production. The fact that he did put up more sacks than he did in 2019 and, you know, in four less games. Um, I think he can really develop into something good, especially when he did in the Big 12. But I just feel really good about Monty Rice and the fact that he's here in the fourth round. I think he's the second best player that I've drafted so far. I like it. All right, so now we're hitting the sixth round. We got two picks. We got pick 196 and pick 201. Um, so I've done like three. I did a midseason mock draft. I did a post-senior bowl mock draft and then uh, April 1st you know, um, draft month mock draft. And this guy was the constant for every time. Chris Rump. Chris Rump out of Duke. He was always the pick for me at this spot. He wasn't there this time. What? I, I was expecting, like, he was my cheat code for the sixth round was to get Chris Rump. He wasn't there. Piss, just pisses me off. Um, so I'm, but I'm going Louisville wide receiver Des Fitzpatrick. I got the slot type in Dwayne Eskridge in the third round. Um, and, and. On day three, it is it is just clear cut. Get me players. I really don't care about position. I don't care if they like you know the linebacker. The Gi- the Giants last year picked all, like all those linebackers. I'm like, 
go for it. You're picking players, not positions. Yep. In the later rounds, um, and Des Fitzpatrick, wide receiver out of Louisville, six foot one, two hundred ten pounds. Um, you know his. He had the, the past three years, three touchdowns, six touchdowns, three touchdowns. In 2017, his freshman year, he had nine touchdowns. You want to know why? Why? Lamar Jackson was his QB. Mm, so, so that that makes a difference. Um, but he's always averaged between 15 and 20 yards per catch. Uh, I he caught my eye at the Senior Bowl. Like he was having very good practices at the Senior Bowl, Justin. And then in the Senior Bowl game, he was the leading receiver with six catches and 90 yards. The second best guy was Shai Smith with three catches and 57 yards. So he had three more catches and, and 63 more yards than anyone else who played in the Senior Bowl. And he had two drops. That's the big, big negative on, on Des Fitzpatrick. He has drops, and it showed up in practice too. Like He had um, 22 drops and 269 targets while he was in Louisville. So that's you know like an 8% rate. That's... That is that is definitely not a good number. Not a great athlete, but he is very good. He's like a good, solid route runner, you know, and like especially working the sideline. Like, you know, they had him as that outside receiver, and it's just like this guy runs comeback routes the way they're supposed to be ran. So he does all that. You can he can he makes those contested catches. Um, even you know, he does have the drops, but he has good ball skills. So um I'm I'm a fan out of out of uh of Des Fitzpatrick out of Louisville. And Louisville QB play has been really bad the past couple of years. Yeah. Yeah, not great. All right, so I have a plan at pick 201. Um, so I've, you know, this is round six is very much, I'm going with, you know, very much BPA and a guy that I like kind of at the top of the board. And this is a guy that I looked at when we were doing our cornerback episode. And the, one of the reasons why I didn't preview him is because I thought he that he was going to be projected to go a little too early. But here he is in round six, draft network, we can't control simulation. I'm taking Shakur Brown out of Michigan State, 5'10", 185 pounds. Shakura, Shakura. He His draft projection, and this is at least NFL.com. I like NFL. You know, we, we both like NFL.com's kind of uh, their their little scouting reports, and they're, they're projecting him to go round four. So he's really fallen to round six. Uh, you know, NFL teams are disrespecting him a little bit. He's he's quick. He's maybe not a little, he's maybe not very fast, but he's quick. And 5'10", I would say that's a that's a solid size where you're, you know you can maybe get away with playing as an outside corner. And it, and Shakur Brown isn't one of these cornerbacks where I feel like every single cornerback in the draft they're like a slot corner. If you're being picked outside the first two rounds, you're a slot corner and you're given that designation. I don't know if Brown's uh, given that designation. So I think you're drafting an outside corner here, and you can never have enough corners. So uh, I think he's pretty physical too um he he like plays uh deep balls pretty well too so Shakur Brown Michigan State welcome to the welcome to my uh hypothetical team all right we're gonna finish off our mock drafts this is we're finishing off pre-draft season which which I'm getting a little emotional as we make this last pick round six pick 201 Justin I want us to both say our players position so like say you know tight end Trey McKitty you know on the count of three one two Three running back JV Hawkins. Williams. These two are going to be our rivalry going forward for the NFL. <laughs> like it's going to be who it's smarter, Bobby or Justin, on who these guys are. Because I think me and you really do battle. Like in our running back episode, um, and you even threw shade at me. You're like, oh, look at these side by side. Who's faster, JV Hawkins did. or Puka Williams? Video. Um, I'm going back to back Louisville guys. How about that? How about that? And uh. Javion Hawkins is actually a hometown kid. I found out five foot eight, one hundred eighty three pounds, running back, um, six point two yards per uh, per carry the last last year, five point eight. Um, fast as lightning, fast, 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 faster than Puka Williams, in my honest opinion. 
Um, he's a big play machine, you know. Now he has some like wild plays where he'll reverse field and stuff, but I don't think he's a guy that like loses yards. I think he's a guy who who gains yard out of plays where he's supposed to lose yards. Um, now Louisville's system was very much like run to the outside, you know, which featured mm-hmm. Javion Hawkins. But I, I really like him. And as far as running backs, we have Saquon Barkley, who's going to get the uh, big workload. Devontae Booker is that do-it-all type of back. Like, he can block on third down. He can catch the ball a little bit. He's going to, he's you know, he can run inside. Like, he's a do-it-all. Doesn't do anything great, but he's a do-it-all type back. Give me my third running back as somebody who can do something special. Who can who can just wow you. Who can get, make a sports center top 10 play. Like, you know, or Alfred Morris. Um, but still holding out for for Alfredite Nation for Alfred Morris to come back. But I'm, I'm going Javion Hawkins as my last pick of our 2021 official mock draft give me an explosive player give me an exciting player for our third string running back or give me alfred morris no in between um <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna be taking uh kansas running back uh puka williams and it's pretty much for very similar reasons to bobby um i was attracted to puka williams because of his very short his his short height and i was attracted to him because he has a very very fun name um, and then lo and behold, he's one of the players that I have enjoyed watching the most. Um, he was one of my players that was a, a gotta-have-it player for me. I think, Bobby, all these players, Waddle, he was a gotta-have-it player. Asai was a gotta-have-it player. Josh Myers was a gotta-have-it player. Monty Rice, you took from me or else I think he, he would have been gotta-have-it. Shakur Brown, I wanted to preview. So um, I feel very, very confident in my list and guys that I'm familiar with and guys that not only did I like or love, but... I want to got to have it. And Puka Williams is one of those guys that I got to have him. Um, give me an explosive option for third string running back. When he comes in, he's always going to be somewhat of a threat. You know what? My running back doesn't cut his toes off in a lawnmower. So IQ matters. I think that's fun though. Yeah. Yeah, it is fun. Like I bet you that story. Like, like I, I, I almost hope we get Puka so we can interview and be like, dude, what was it dude. like cutting your literally, literally cutting your toes off with a lawnmower? And then his team and Khalil Herbert, who went to Virginia Tech, who transferred from Kansas, he doesn't have toes. Or like, or maybe on like one foot. What's what? Let me Google the Khalil Herbert yeah, toes that's, that's, story. Let's get that right for the people. That's strange. Khalil she Herbert. He just doesn't have toes. Toes. Toes in the water, ass in the sand. Not a worry in the world. A cold beer in my hand. Copyright. Hold what on. are you finding? Why? Wait, Khalil Herbert has six toes on his left foot. Fun. I was born with 12 fingers. They were cut off when I was younger. I still have six toes on my left no foot, way. and they are webbed. So there's three regular ones and three that are webbed together. The left foot, I feel like I have a little more power pushing off. All right, this is weird. I had a friend in middle school who had a thumb growing out of his thumb. Excuse me? He like he had his thumb, and there was another thumb growing out of it. My Uncle Danny had that, but they had it like removed like as soon were as he was born. all of these people born in Florida? I don't know where this guy was born, but he was a very bad kid. Like he was a he was a troublemaker. He used to get Mr. Alban really mad at in, in math class. Well, it sucks when you got a thumb growing out of a thumb. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right. We really do appreciate you guys. Thank you for supporting through the draft stuff. And make sure to join us for the live streams. We'll be on uh t- today, tomorrow, Thursday at seven thirty. We will be going live. We'll be going, you know, live to probably like ten o'clock or so. And then Friday and Saturday, we're going to be live for the entire draft. So yep. be there. We're going to have a ton of fun doing it. Monday, we will, you know, t- fr- tomorrow, Friday, we will have our first round recap episode. 
with a little bit of preview of what we what we see on the board for for round two. And then we'll be streaming. Monday we'll be back with a full NFL uh draft recap. And then we do the offensive uh undrafted or the undrafted free agent recaps, the two episodes after that. So this is this is fun, man. This is the time of the year where we grow. We really do appreciate you if you're a new listener. Like we really do appreciate you. And you'll see you'll see in the summer. Like we we love our listeners. So um we love you guys. Enjoy the draft. Have a good time. Well, until then, let's go big blue.